Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. Show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Halt and Catch Fire. Today we will be discussing Season 4, Episode 7, titled... Who needs a guy? (sighs) Goddamn. This episode is something special. It is brilliant. It is beautiful. It is heartbreaking. And it's one of those defining moments of the series. Where a certain plot point occurs. And I'm speaking very generally because this applies to more than Halt and Catch Fire. This is just one of those moments in a show that you just never forget. You watch it and you're immediately floored. And it just sticks with you forever. This episode's that in my mind. And it is... Probably one of the best episodes of the entire series, quite frankly. Uh, Definitely in like the top five or ten around there. But it is absolutely incredible and takes you on this amazing roller coaster ride of emotions. So there's a lot to talk about here. Uh, First and foremost, so... This episode starts off with something happy. Thank God. And, uh, Boz and Diane get married. For tax reasons. Tax reasons. Sure. You can say that. I'm sure love was not a motivation at all. I'm sure the fact that Boz literally almost died of a heart attack a couple episodes ago was not motivation at all. It was only tax reasons. Only tax reasons. And the sequence in which it's revealed that they're actually doing this, that they're actually going through with it, is so perfectly handled, because it's literally just Cameron's in the Airstream, just working on her new thing, gets a call from Boz, and Boz is like, hey, meet us at such and such place, at such and such time. Okay, why? No reason. Just, it's important. And then Cameron shows up, and realizes, oh, They're getting married. And it's just like this big, like, surprise that's sprung upon her. And it's just really delightful. It's just a delightful, delightful moment in this otherwise soul-crushing episode. 
Also, in addition to getting married, Diane is going to be stepping down as managing partner at the VC firm. And is going to be backing Donna as her successor. Saying, hey, I mean, I know I can't flat out choose who my successor is, but Donna's probably a good choice. You should go with Donna. Again, like, all of this motivated by tax reasons. Nothing to do at all with Boz almost dying. Nothing at all. Uh, Meanwhile, Cameron, she's plugging away at her new project. She's basically doing, like, she's playing around with, like, self-learning AI. To make something along those lines. To make a game along those lines. And she's like really engrossed in this. She like has her passion back. She's going nuts. Uh, and then her uh, her backer. Comes over to the airstream. She pitches to her. And she's kind of underwhelmed. She's kind of meh on it. Not because it's not a good idea. Because... She agrees the technology is amazing. But she does feel that Cameron is thinking too small. Like, this is technology that can be used for 50 billion things, and yet, like, you're just sort of playing around on a computer with it. Like, why not compete in an entirely different arena? Why not compete beyond what you normally compete in? Why not go into other fields? So Cameron basically is in this spot where it's just like, she can keep going, but maybe blow it out a little more. Maybe expand her vision a little more on this really, really cool technology she's playing around with. Oh, also in the process, she turns Joe down for, like, multiple, (laughs) multiple uh, moments of quality time. They were supposed to go on a hike, and she cancels. They were supposed to go to dinner, and she cancels. She's being a really terrible girlfriend (laughs) at the moment. But hey, she's got a cool new project, so that's just how she is. And Joe's surprisingly cool with it. Uh, But the bulk of this episode revolves around a lot of seemingly normal stuff going on at Comet. Seemingly. Haley's still pissed about the whole getting fired thing. To the point where she is now fully rebelling (laughs) against her father. uh, Pushing back when he demands to see... Her latest test. Cutting off her hair. In what is a very, very shocking reveal. (laughs) And just being generally a rebellious teenager. And Gordon even says, like, hey, you can come back to Comet if you do a few more of these really, really good tests. And Haley is like, no. I don't want to. It's not fun anymore. 
And so, after a while of Gordon kind of bouncing all this off of Joe, Joe's like, you know what? I'm going to call Haley. And Joe (laughs) calls Haley with Gordon standing right there and is like, hey, you should come back to comment. Look, I, more than anyone, know how aggravating it is to work with your father. And he just starts flat out insulting Gordon mercilessly to his face <laughs> with Haley on the phone. <laughs> oh, it's it's perfect. And she even calls him out at one point like he's standing right there, isn't he? <laughs> Would I be saying all of this if he was Yes. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just such a brutal takedown of Gordon. It's amazing. It's so delightful. But also, with Donna now kicked off the Rover Project, uh, she almost immediately goes to Gordon and is like, Hey, so, uh, got some numbers. Rover is, like, beating you by... Twice as many users. They're finding what they're looking for much, much quick, much more quickly. But that's where they're vulnerable. But that's where they can be taken down. Because maybe this fight is not won by the fastest. Maybe it's won by the stickiest. Maybe it's won by... Whoever gets people to stay on their site longer while still taking them to other sites. So this amps up Gordon and is like, hey, we need to do a whole relaunch. We need to do a whole, we need to rethink our strategy. We need to rethink what we do about Comet. Uh, We need to personalize it more. We need to make it feel like Comet cares about our users Every bit as much as our users care about Comet. So, the two spitball for a while. And Joe is very... Joe is very untrusting of Donna. Because Donna's kind of become a heartless bitch over the years. (laughs) Her heart has grown much, much colder. And she has become much more of a conniving, soulless businesswoman who is very much okay with screwing over her competition. And he's like, and he doesn't know yet that Donna got kicked off of Rover. Uh, But he's like, hey, she's our competition. Why would she hand this over? This makes no sense. Like, this is nothing information. We don't even know if it's real. But eventually, Joe gets one over, and they start going over to the whiteboard, and Gordon writes redesign, and then Joe's like, I think relaunch would be better. So they have relaunch underlined at the top of a whiteboard, and then that's where they break for the day, because they need... uh, Gordon needs to... Go have dinner with Katie. 
By the way, while all this is happening, the AC is super broken. And so, Gordon spends the entire episode trying to fix it. (laughs) And demanding that he fix it himself. Like, oh, we don't need to call a guy, I can fix it myself. And he's just going through this whole saga of trying to fix the AC. (laughs) And it is really good. It's really delightful just to watch Gordon just randomly fumble around with the AC until eventually, through sheer luck, he ends up fixing it. And after Gordon leaves, Joe goes over to Donna's. And he basically demands an answer. Why did you give us this information? Why did you give us this information? Why did you give us this information? And then Donna's like, I'm not even on the rover project anymore. And then Joe's like, so how did you get this information? And he's just, like, mercilessly tearing into her. It's just like, this, you are our competition. And you have kind of screwed us over in the past. You've kind of backstabbed us in the past. You flat out stole the idea for Comet to make Rover. So how can we trust you? How can we trust you? How can we trust you? And we we get into this whole argument. Them yelling back and forth. uh, Flat out mistrusting one another. Uh, Donna goes on this whole monologue of, you know what, Joe? You won. You got Haley. You got Gordon. You got Cameron. You got everybody. Now leave me alone. And then Donna just slams the door. Right on to Joe's fingers. Which, by the looks of it, hurts a lot. <laughs> Which is an understatement. Like, literally, Donna slams the door, and then Joe just cries out in pain. Uh, It reminded me a lot of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, That scene where Michelle Monaghan slams the door on Robert Downey Jr., and it cuts off his finger. (laughs) And And the entire rest of the movie, it's just the thing, like, he has a severed finger that he keeps trying to get reattached, and it keeps coming off again. God, that movie's so good. I I need to watch it. If you haven't seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, that's an amazing film. (laughs) Uh, But anyway. So, Donna, being Donna, invites Joe in, like, gives him some ice for his damaged fingers. They have a bit of a heart-to-heart. They have a bit of an apology moment. Donna's like, look, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do something that maniacal. I wouldn't do something that awful. Not to Gordon, not to Haley. And Joe seems to be satisfied with this. They come to an understanding. Uh, They sort of get each other better. And so, Joe leaves. (sighs) And then... (sighs) Oh boy, we get our ending. The moment I have... uh both anticipated and dreading talking about. Uh, anticipated and dreaded talking about for the last, like, month and a half. Oh, God. So, we get our ending. Gordon's getting ready for his little date with Katie. 
And then he sees Donna come in. Donna says nothing. And he's like, Donna, what are you doing here? What, what What's going on? And then he goes to the house. And you have this, like, vision. Uh, it is revealed very quickly that Donna is not actually there. This is just a vision. This is just time slippage. Uh, this is just whatever you want to call it. And Gordon's just going through the house, basically going back in time and seeing Donna and his children younger and younger and younger and younger and younger and younger and younger. This cuts away. Katie comes in, looks for Gordon. Cuts away from that. Donna calls Gordon's phone. Starts leaving a message about how, like, hey, guess who I just spent a surprisingly civilized hour with? And then Katie quickly rushes, answers the phone. You hear nothing of what she says. Uh, you just see the look on Donna's face. And immediately you think, oh god, something's happened. Just by the look on both Katie and Donna. Both Anna Slumsky and Carrie Bishy do an amazing job here. Joe hasn't left yet. Donna gets off the phone, rushes out to him. Joe gets out of the car. And you just have this moment of silence. And then Donna just says the words. That will haunt me for the rest of my life. Gordon's dead. Gordon did not just have a vision. Gordon just flat out died. Now, this is something they've been building up to for a while. When the brain damage diagnosis came along. This was always a possibility. This was always a thing that was looming over. The only difference between late season two and early season four is they lulled us into enough of a sense of security where it was just like, oh, he spent like the better part of a decade living with this. He's fine. He's he's so good. He burned all his journals. He must be doing better. This show beautifully lulled us in a sense of security. Like Gordon's overcome his illness. He's learned to live with it. He can deal with it for the rest of his days. Like he will live a long and fruitful life. Like he has not just become this disabled slowly disintegrating mess of a human. Hell, an argument can be made that by season four, Gordon became the most functional of all the Halt and Catch Fire characters. <laughs> an argument can very much be made that that is the case. And then, randomly, unexpectedly, and... Out of freaking nowhere. One day he's fine. He's fixing the AC. Getting excited for a comet relaunch. And then... 
he is dead. And it is such... It's an appropriately... It's an appropriately unfair end to his story, quite frankly. Because Gordon, and I've said this before, has always been a very tragic character. He starts this show on his ass. He starts this show with nothing. And then just goes through this cycle constantly of being built up by a project and then crushed. And then built up by a project and then crushed. And then built up by a project and then crushed. All that combined with the brain damage. Like this dude, he's just trying to work. He's just trying to live his life. He's just trying... Like just when... And this was the true horror of his diagnosis. Like, just when he was starting to be a good dad back in season two, that is when the other shoe dropped and he got this horrible diagnosis and then spiraled out from there. And then just when he's starting to get good again, just when he's starting to get a good head on his shoulders, this happens and then he's just gone. It is unfair. It is meaningless. And it is hauntingly poetic how they finished his story, how they concluded his arc. And the moment where Donna says the words, the moment where she tells Joe, it is heartbreaking. And that's just compounded. When Joe calls Cameron. And you hear the defeat in Joe's voice as he's leaving a message. And then Cameron picks up the phone and you can fill in the blanks from there. And probably, probably the one that just crushed me the most. Is Boz, who's just in his garage getting like a fish hook out of his thumb like an idiot and then Diane comes in holding the phone with this look of horror on her face not being able to say what happened and Boz is just like what what happened Diane still can't get the words out and there's a moment of silence what And there's just this moment of confusion, and you know, you know what he's about to be told. You know the words that are about to come out of Diane's mouth, but she can't, like, form them. She can't physically form them. It is, it is devastating. It really, really is. And then there's Gordon's children, Joni and Haley. You have this moment where... They're sitting down with Donna, Donna trying to comfort them, the three of them just at a loss for words, just silently mourning. Uh, Joe just sitting in front of the relaunch whiteboard, a comic, Cameron walking in and seeing him like that, and then the credits, it just ends there. Oh, Gordon did not deserve this. My heart! It is easily the most devastating moment of this entire series. 
and it is just it's heartbreaking it, it it's one of the most heartbreaking moments in television in recent memory one of the most heartbreaking television moments of the last several years quite honestly like it is up there it is way way up there in terms of just like impossible to process like impossible to not be devastated by and they handle it so so beautifully i must commend them so yeah get ready for three episodes of a gordonless halt and catch fire r.i.p that is all i will say and i will leave it there if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's the simplest just to push up a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark, pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support this show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 4, Episode 8. Talk to you then.